Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today, Matt welcomes Claire Alice, an R&B soul singer and songwriter hailing from Los Angeles, California. A teacher by day and a soul singer by night, Claire's brand new EP, Creature, is now available and can be found on iTunes and Bandcamp. Listen to Claire chat with Matt about her writing process, her influences, and how she got started singing. She also chats about what it's like to be an indie artist with a full-time day job, about the choice to release an EP instead of a full-length, and how being a musician has affected her teaching. Finally, with some notes on Claire's favorite books, both inside and outside the classroom, here's Matt Storm and Claire Alice. And welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. My guest today is Claire. Um, Claire was connected to me through the wonderful um, Carly Ritter. Um, so welcome to the show, Claire. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, so I did get to listen to your brand new EP, which just came out, um, and I love it. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Um, there's a lot of different, it sounds like there's a lot of different influences and inspirations in your sound. Um, where would you say, uh, the inspiration for this EP and kind of your sound as a whole comes from? Like, who are your main inspirations? Well, I think to really get to that, I have to think about my experience as a musician over time mm-hmm. and I've always I always wanted to sing but I was trained as a classical pianist so my early music experience was studying classical piano um and I sort of had to get through that to um allow my my parents finally allowed me to study voice after that and so my early vocal influences were really jazz singers so I love Ella Fitzgerald, um, she was my first sort of introduction to vocal jazz, and I grew up singing jazz standards um, and eventually taught myself jazz piano, um, modest, modestly. I'm not, I'm definitely not <laughs> an expert. But um, a lot of my music that I included on the EP is really rooted in the jazz sort of genre and the, the harmonies, et cetera, that I write with, um, strangely enough, ended up being a lot of jazz chords and progressions. Um, and I, when I think about my musical influences, there's diverse as, you know, somebody like Ella Fitzgerald to Sting. I love Sting. Um uh, <laughs> to Fiona Apple, to Erica Badu, who is one of my all-time favorite artists, um, and, you know, and others that are more contemporary, um, Janae Iko, I got really into more recently, but a lot of R&B um, and maybe some classic rock, but R&B has always been really influential for me. Well, you can definitely hear that in your in your style of singing, for sure, especially uh-huh. on EP. Like, it definitely mm-hmm. has a strong R&B influence, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, I I didn't really know exactly where I was going in terms of genre, uh, but it ended up 
I think finding its way <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, it's it, when you follow kind of your heart and you're writing that way, that t- tends to happen where you're not quite sure where you'll end up. Yeah. It's been interesting to hear feedback um, from people who hear it and then write about it or whatnot and to have a mirror sort of held up to the music and and get to hear how other people classify it and how they describe it in terms of genre was really interesting for me because I always struggled to classify it and then to have people explain what they were hearing and it kind of made me feel like, oh, it made some sense. Okay, (laughs) there's a genre here for this music. So um, it's it's always cool to get somebody's feedback in that regard and and kind of have them define it a little because I sometimes I'm not very good at that (laughs) well it's hard to look at your own work objectively and kind of separate yourself from it yeah definitely um the the next thing I wanted to ask in regards to the EP is so when when ours put out EP I was curious why was there that you had these songs ready to go and you didn't want to wait till you had an album's worth wanted to get something out. Was there a strategy to putting out the EP or is it just, this is what you have right now and what you were able to record. So that's why you released it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, maybe I'm either like many artists or I'm not, I, I think we like to all think that we're unique, but, uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, I, I had no real strategy. Um, and I, I hope that doesn't undermine my credibility, but uh, I, I'm actually by profession. I have a totally different job. I'm I'm actually a teacher by profession. I just got home from class. <laughs> oh wow! And I, um, but I've always wanted to to really give myself this chance to professionally record something. I've been dabbling with music production at home. I've recorded lots of demos in my closet and this really felt, it finally felt like a time for me to see what I could, could make. Um, and I, I just wanted, I just wanted to have that experience. I had no agenda. I had no plan except to learn as much as I possibly could in the process so that hopefully I could do it again. Um, and do it better and keep growing as an artist. I, I sort of feel like I, especially with something like this and with the way that music production works these days, it's so, it's so easy in some ways to do it. It's a challenge to do it well as always. And there's so many directions to go. And I already have a million ways that I want to do it the next time I do it. Um, but I just felt like I had to get started. And so I, I was lucky enough to hook up with some people that I really trust and have great ears and musical sense. And I just felt this like perfect union of all these forces coming together. And I just went for it um, <laughs> just to see what would happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm one of a couple people I know who do music like this and some, you know, some of my peers, have a lot of strategy and I admire them for that. Hmm. <laughs> um, but we're all, you know, you have to kind of be an entrepreneur of your own, you, your music is your business. And, you know, I think depending on what your goals are, uh, it shapes the way you, um, you pursue that process. So 
My goal was just to make something that I felt really good about. Maybe it was too simple, but... <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's as good a reason as any to make something. Um, yeah. And I think it's interesting that... I, I find that a lot of independent artists who are working on music as well as other things, like mm-hmm. that always seems to be their goal is that, you know, I've interviewed a few different artists who, you know, they make music, but they have a day job. And that making music is their artistic expression, but there's no real plan for it particularly yet. They just want to get the music out there. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel really kind of lucky that I can have that freedom. But, you know, it, it matters to me. I want it to be good for you know my own standards and I want to feel like I'm growing and learning for me learning is at the heart of all of this sure um so and I you know there's maybe less pressure on what I've created because I you know I'd love for it to make some money but I don't know I don't even know really what that means anymore for an independent artist I mean this whole process has been so educational in both how much money one can spend to make an independent album and also where revenue streams do and do not come in, you know? And, um, I mean, it's been pretty illuminating to watch, you know, money come in unexpected places and then the places where you think you're going to actually see some money, you really don't see anything that you can live off of. So it's really impressive to me. Like when an independent artist makes a living off of it, because it is a huge challenge um, and takes a lot of a lot of ingenuity. So I'm I'm very impressed by all of my peers who (laughs) can really really do this. Um, And I hope one day to to develop that a little bit more. But for now, it's just I, I am just getting a lot of pleasure from the process and hoping to make some some cool art out of it and you know, create, you know, if people like it, then create more. <laughs> sure. Um, so I'm guessing since you have a day job and you're, and you're a teacher by day, you don't have yeah. any plans to go on tour anytime soon or just, you know, yeah. Live? I mean, my, my goal is to get some live shows in. So I'm, I live in Los Angeles, um, mm-hmm. which is a little daunting. I have to admit when it comes to live performances. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I mean, there's just, there's so many places, but there are so many talented, wonderful musicians here and you can feel, I, I, at least I have a lot of, um, nerves about getting up there and, and, you know, playing my original stuff. And I, I love performing. It's really what got me to get into music and to, to feel like making this EP. Cause I love, having that experience of connecting with an audience. And I think I learned that when I was singing jazz, I had a band and, you know, I would go and and have gigs and you kind of get to have these intimate, usually sort of cocktail bar kind of scenes, but they're really pretty special. Um, And so I I love having that relationship with the audience and I was missing it. Um, So at this point though, finding, I want to find that perfect place to have a show and really I just got to, I just got to go for it. So I'm in the process right now of putting together a live performance and getting, getting myself out there. Um, and I'll feel, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be the perfect way to kind of see this project through completion and then get started on the next one. 
Um, how did you find that you ran into a lot of difficulties putting together the CP, going through the writing process, going through the, the production process? Were there any like major memorable, um, uh, difficult moments while going through it? Um, yes and no. I think that it was actually a really kind of fluid process. And I think that's a testament to my producer who is very, he knows what he's doing and he's organized and he communicated really well with me. And we, we've known each other for a while. My producer is, um, somebody named Ian Sloan and he's also in LA and, um, I actually met him in high school. We've known each other for a very long time, and he's gone on to do some really wonderful things in music and worked with a lot of really interesting artists um, and produced a couple of EPs now. Um, and he just, he really had a lot of vision for the songs and had a really, really perfect sort of timetable. Everything was planned. <laughs> and so that, that helped me a lot. Um, I had done a lot of work in writing the songs before we met up. So a lot of the songs were pretty thought out and he just kind of worked his magic and brought them to life and really translated them into like a live music feel. Cause I had written a lot of them more electronically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the first obstacles we had, though, was the the mixing process. It's such an amazing process. And I actually, I think, of all the steps, mixing is where my heart kind of lies because you really get to transform these sort of, like, raw sounds into that next sort of polished level. And I love affecting tracks, you know, like delay and all the different compressions and everything. That always really fascinates me, and Mm -hmm. that's really where it gets done is in that mixing process. And so finding a mixer that really heard what we wanted to hear, (laughs) because you have to kind of explain it. You know, you're mixing for the sound, and... You know, some mixers like to have reference tracks, some don't. And, you know, the mixer is actually a whole other sort of like instrumentalist. You know, a mixer can do so much to make and break a song. And so we found a great mixer, but just kind of like going through the different stages, you know, the first round of mixes and feeling like we've been misunderstood. And then the second round of mixes is like, oh, wait, he totally got it. And then it gets better and better and better. Um, That sort of moment of, not knowing if it's if the sound that we are going for is the sound that's going to get delivered to us. Um, it it did. I mean, we're really pleased with the result, uh, but it was just so funny to kind of be in this moment of in-between and not knowing how that was going to go. Um, but it worked out beautifully, and we were really impressed. Um, <laughs> but that, that process is, and for me, just, kind of getting to witness all the different moments was really cool because again I've I've been working I I literally record vocals in my closet for some of my rougher demos and um, I work in Logic and you know I've got my own little setup here but I'm you know I'm kind of just feeling my way through things and getting to watch professionals you know do all the different engineering the production parts the, the mixer I went to the mastering studio and we had um, somebody do an analog master and just, you know, getting to see all of it come to completion was really amazing for me. But overall, I mean, maybe I, maybe I missed something, but I found it to be very smooth. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's also like when you don't have a ton of external pressure, you know, like I guess sure. you, you are your biggest obstacle. And 
I guess I got out of my way. So. <laughs> I, I guess um, you didn't have a. I guess you didn't have this pressure to release it by a certain time. So you were just working on a nice schedule. It was planned. And yeah. You, it kind of streamlined it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 sort of created some boundaries for ourselves. You know, we knew we didn't want to spend a ton of time. You know, and I think we, you know, some of these songs on the EP I wrote. Like one of them, the second song on it is called Pieces, and that song I actually wrote probably almost six years ago, and it started in a totally different – it was a different song. And over the years, I've returned to it and rewritten parts of it, and I I played whatever I had for Ian because we were sort of sifting through my material to gain a little bit more material for the EP, and he listened to so many of my songs, and that was the one he really – gravitated toward and he took that song and polished it up even more and it turned into the song it is but the other songs I either wrote right before I started working with Ian or during the the initial recording process when we were sort of brainstorming for the whole EP Um, and so I think maybe because I had written so much already there wasn't a lot of that part of the decision process. Like we kind of had a blueprint and we just went for it. Um, And I, you know, I really trusted him and I'm happy I did because it sounds amazing. And I just, you know, I kind of, I listened to the people who knew (laughs) better. (laughs) And again, yeah, I think in that way, I don't don't know. I, I love, I love the process. I've never had so much fun in my life. So I, I love that process and, you know, I guess I wish it had taken longer just so I could have kept doing it. But uh um yeah, no, it's a, it's really fascinating to to work with other people too and do something creative like that. I enjoyed it immensely. But I think my biggest pressure is externally because I I teach I'm a high school teacher, was working around my schedule and, you know, it's important to me to maintain my my sense of identity as a teacher. So I didn't sure. wanna I didn't want to step on that, um, but it's been really fun. My students, of course, they're sleuths on the internet. Um, didn't take them long to <laughs> to find out what I was up to, but um, they've been very supportive. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. I teach English, so that uh, you know, there's there's language. They like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> sure, that's awesome. Um, uh, talk, continuing to talk about the process, when you're writing these songs, do you find that the lyrics come to you first, or do you kind of co- come to a melody or a tune first and then kind of develop the lyrics over that? Uh, I think with a lot of these songs, the lyrics came first, um, or sort of at the same time. You know, I, I some songs definitely come from journaling, and you know, I may then bring my writing to the keyboard and select some of the lines that really speak to me and see what I can do in terms of, you know, a melody and, and that kind of stuff. That's probably my most common practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I in that practice, I probably write, you know, of what I've written in a journal or, you know, usually it's like graph paper that is loose around my house. I don't know why mm-hmm. I like graph paper so much, but... I don't know. I I found that I keep writing on graph paper. Um, But uh, I, you know, probably I keep 10%. You know, there's so much gibberish in my mind. Um, And then whatever 
Yeah, whatever I think sticks with me after a while and I go back and read it and I I think sometimes the lines that stick with me the most are the ones that I end up feeling like I didn't write, like they're they're more universal than just to me and those are the ones that end up to me being the backbone of a song. So and probably because there's a universal sentiment or something that I feel um would be more evocative or a little bit more applicable to people beyond just me. Um, even though often the songs are very personal at the same time, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of these songs were sort of developed first in a lyric and then turning that into a melody. But, um, yeah, I wish I, you know, the creative process is really fascinating to me and I, I wish there was a, a specific pattern that always worked, but there isn't. And it's really interesting to hear. I'm sure you get such a, an array of responses to that type of question to hear how people write, whether it's a novel or a song or, or whatnot. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that I even wrote anything at all, to be honest. <laughs> I'm so daunted by creative work sometimes, but I'm, I'm sort of amazed that I managed to do any of it. So, it definitely has felt like an accomplishment for me because I'm a very analytic person more naturally. It's, it's always interesting to hear people's responses because they, you're right. They do vary from person to person. And some people, you know, always do it one way or always do it another way or it var- you know, varies on their mood. So it's always interesting to hear how the creative process works for each mm-hmm. artist, regardless of what they're working on. Well, the, I think I was, reading probably some article on songwriting actually maybe a year or so ago and you know reading about you know sort of like a writer's block for you know writers or songwriters or anything creative and how if you sometimes it's the routine that gets in our way like we you know you're you sit down at your piano at 4 p.m every day and like next thing you know you just can't think of anything and this article recommended, you know, changing everything that you do right before that moment. So if you're driving, you drive to the store the same way every day, take a different route and it'll unlock your creativity because you see new things. And that always stuck with me because it's sort of a basic concept, but I think it's really true. And um, I, in the process of writing some of the songs, I was shifting my workstation all over my house <laughs> just to see, like, what would happen. And I sometimes I would write, you know, in the living room. Sometimes I would write, you know, before bed or something and just kind of seeing how that changed what I was thinking and, and how I responded to things. And it, there's definitely a lot of truth in that. It's, um, it's kind of cool to get outside of how you usually do things and you get a whole bunch of fresh ideas that way. So if, if hopefully when I do another sort of EP or, or whatever I do, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to come up with a whole different approach just to kind of shake up my creativity again. Cause I think that that's really fun and you never know what you're going to make that way. So it's, um, it's a full process, uh, sort of like I, I took a, I've taken a lot of creative classes with the hope of one day being really creative. And I realized Mm -hmm. I was always denying what I really wanted to do, which was write music. So because I have a a degree, I'm a master's degree in literature and all this stuff. And, you know, I was like, oh, I should write a novel or maybe I should write a screenplay. And I was taking courses on creative writing in those areas but I always really wanted to do music and I, 
I was even writing a screenplay at one point about a singer. <laughs> oh, wow. And I just, I, it wasn't, it was actually, um, last, just about a year ago, right before I decided to really buckle down and, and do this EP, I was writing a story about a singer who was trying to, to make it. And I, it occurred to me at some point that I was being very meta and I needed to <laughs> actually do what I wanted to do and not write about it. Um, but what I love about, anything creative and what I learned from just doing more sort of basic creative writing is, you know, you're building a world when you do something creative and music is the same, even though it's not as linear as a novel, for example, but you're creating a narrative of sorts and you're world building. And I, that freedom, when you sit down at the keyboard or you're journaling or something, you don't know what that song's going to be yet, but it can go anywhere and I used to be terrified by that idea, but I've learned to really appreciate it. <laughs> it's been really fun. So that that I've I've come to enjoy that part of songwriting is that you don't know yet like what genre it's going to be or how it's going to end, um, and it takes a long time usually to to kind of refine it all. But that process is pretty cool. So I've I, I learned that in doing it, and I'm not so scared of creativity anymore. <laughs> That's good. Um, So being a teacher, I'm sure you have, you know, the hours can be grueling and you need to come home and relax. And besides writing music, do you have any specific hobbies that you pursue besides music, like reading or or anything, watching movies? Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely watch some TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a great escape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm actually, you know, I live... In the beautiful Southern California climate, I'm. I love to run and to hike, so I'm. I try to be active, and I actually, to me, it's one of the best things that I can do for music because I don't really get to listen to that much music unless I'm, you know, running or hiking, walking, whatever it is, and it's. It's actually it's become an excuse to listen to music is when I go out and do anything active. I, I want to listen, and it's how I kind of keep in touch with new music that I like, but God, it's almost embarrassing to admit, but I've spent most of my time making this EP, you know, listening to the different versions of each song and the different mixes. I mean, I had, I was out walking and running through all of that and it just became a ritual was, mm-hmm. you know, to, to listen to every version of my song. I had to get out of the house and, and sort of experience it, experience it somewhere else while I was doing something else. Um, so it's been, I guess I didn't really put aside the music to do it, but I've always been a runner and I don't know. I, it's been a, a huge part of my life too. I think it's a solitary contemplative activity. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. <laughs> Have you ever done any like marathons or 5Ks or anything like I, that? You know, I, I did. I did the LA Marathon two years ago. Um, it was a total like life dream of mine. I didn't, I'd had some injuries uh, earlier in my life from running because I've been running for a long time and uh, I never thought I'd be able to do it and I did it and it was so fun. Uh it was amazing, and I am contemplating doing it again. Maybe not this year, but <laughs> pretty soon, I think, uh, I'll have to do it again. It was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I've, 
that was my longest race, and otherwise I do a lot of the shorter races. But I'm I'm just a sort of recreational runner at this point. Um, but it's it's wonderful if if your body can handle it. <laughs> sure, of course. Um, since you're an English teacher, I feel like it would be uh, a terrible oversight if I didn't ask you about books and literature. Do you have oh, yeah. a favorite book that you're reading right now or favorite book of all time uh, um, or stuff that yeah. you're particularly excited about to introduce to your classes, stuff like that? Yeah, well, um, you know, my I have some favorite books, but I think one of the reasons I gravitated toward literature more, you know, in my later years of education. I always loved to read as a child. That was never a problem for me. I was a huge Nancy Drew fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I read, I think I bought all of them with my allowance. Um, but as I got older, I think what really drew me to literature wasn't always the fiction that I read, but the critical theory um, that sort of supports how we look at literature. So anything really analytic stuck out to me, and I love how people would dissect and and sort of um, uncover different elements of how literature works and how literature and text and art is sort of part of a larger fabric that makes up our society or the way that we view ourselves in the world. And so I... Some of my favorite texts are actually like essays and and criticisms of novels and not the novel themselves. And that's like super nerdy, but that is Hmm. (laughs) that's the way I go. Um, In terms (laughs) of books, though, um, I love contemporary literature. Um, I I have not read everything that Thomas Pynchon has written (laughs) at all, but. One of my all-time favorite books is a novel of his called Mason and Dixon, um, and it's it's a sort of revisionist history of early colonial America, um, and it, in some ways it's not a revisionist history. It's sort of like the the history that we often don't think about, and mm-hmm. I like I like texts that sort of interrogate um, the sort of myths that we we have and the way that we assume knowledge of. Our world, and I think a lot of contemporary novels uh, sort of deconstruct more common modes of understanding things. So anything that explores mythology, especially American myth, fascinates me. Um, A book that I teach and that I studied as well is a Cormac McCarthy novel called All the Pretty Horses. And I I love Westerns um, as a genre, and this one is sort of a Western, or it uses some of the constraints of the genre, but it's all about um, interrogating some of the American myths of exceptionalism and imperialism, and my students, I think, dig into that one pretty well at the end of the year. I teach an American literature course, so it fits right in, but um, yeah, I, I like I like stories that make us question what we thought we knew and not just in a like suspense and mystery way, but especially ones that take on issues of national identity and, um, and sort of have us look differently at our own sort of version of what it means to be an American. Um, and yeah, and kind of expose some other angles to that that story so i don't know if any of that plays into any of my songwriting but 
<laughs> As I'm saying that, I'm thinking, oh, wow, I should have maybe written some more powerful songs. But, um, you know, the, I, I mean, in some ways I have to say the, so the title track on the EP is called Creature and, mm-hmm. um, there's an element of it that's sort of looking at, you know, the, it's really about, you know, I mean, it's about a romantic relationship, but it's, um, you know, this way that romantic relationships can make us feel almost animalistic, right? Like there's a, right. a, a loss of reason there. And so that relationship between like instinct and, and intellect, um, and that's something that comes up in some of my courses that, you know, is a theme in the literature that we read, um, what it means to be a conformed person versus somebody who really honors individualism or like even like a pre-socialized state, if you want to go back that far. Um, and so I think it was kind of floating in my consciousness when I was working on that song, this sort of difference between those two modes of being. And it's definitely, it's definitely something that is thematic to my courses, but I, you know, I'm not sure that my song would really make it into a literature course, but uh, <laughs> it was roughly inspired by that kind of thinking. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love to analyze the creative part. It's it's definitely a stretch for me. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I think it's always interesting to take a moment and look at what you like and how. It, I mean, it may influence you in ways you don't really think. Maybe not directly yeah. in regards to the sound or theme of your music, but maybe right. just in how your mind works and how you approach it. I mean, even as much as that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and and so much in the end, I think, with my music, comes from probably other musical influences more than you know the the language or literature that I I like to study and I know that's floating in there absolutely because that's who I am but yeah when I I think when I was writing all of that music it was I was thinking about other music that I like and and the sounds that I like and I wanted to hear more of and trying to get that to come out in whatever I can make um I was very inspired by Janae Aiko and I sort of discovered her um I don't know are you familiar at all with Janae Aiko and mm-hmm. her sure. yeah, yeah she's um I mean I just was so captivated by her album that she released like a year or so ago um and both like the lyrics and but the production it was just so beautiful and it felt really fresh to me um but also really familiar and um, I just, it was one of those things that you listen to and you just have like so much admiration and so much envy at the same time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, if I could have made that, I would have felt so accomplished. Um, and so I think I was really inspired by it. I don't know if I, if any of my music sounds anything remotely like hers, but it was, it, it just, it really made me want to make music, which I think is. I think a very true form of inspiration. Like it just made me want to do whatever I wanted to do. So I went for it. Um, and it was perfectly timed because I was so on the fence about, uh, about pursuing it. And, um, yeah, just have kind of finding an artist that really captivated me. It just, it was really good timing. So I, she's out there. I appreciate, I appreciate her work very much. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was good. It's as, 
I think as you get older, I, I think when you're a teenager, it's so easy to get consumed by art, you know. I mean, right. when you're a teenager, everything is is so much more powerful just because of your age. And, you know, I had so many musical loves growing up. And as I've gotten older, maybe I just don't listen to as much music. I'm jaded, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> it's it's not as often that I find an artist that I just, like, can't stop listening to. And she just, she spoke to me, her music spoke to me like music did when I was a teenager. And so I'm really grateful for that because I... That relationship to music is is not to be overlooked. It was really fun. So, and I still listen to it. I'm not I'm not over it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to find an emotional connection to something that motivates you. I feel like yeah. when you look through your contemporaries or people who are doing things in the vein that you're doing, or at least in, in the field you're you're doing stuff, it, it's yeah. good to latch onto that. To, to yeah. see, well, if they can do that, then so can I, and maybe I yeah. can try this. And so. And just all the sounds. I mean, it's like, especially with something like music, it's like you hear something and you're like, wow, I've never heard that before. Yeah. And how did, like, how did they make that sound? What is that sound? Is that an instrument? Is it digital? Like, whoa, what is that? And so I'm, I get very kind of overwhelmed just by noise. Um, and it's what I think has gotten me into trying to figure out production and mixing. And, you know, I, I take a little, like, I'm in the middle of an online course right now in like Logic Pro and just like kind of like learning a few new tricks that I didn't know before for electronic music production. I get so into it because I, maybe it's just like having control. Like I have control over all the different elements of the process. So I feel like I'm doing something. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, you know, part of it too is, and this was an experience I had throughout my whole process was, a lot of people I worked with were really surprised that I knew um, anything about the production side of music, or but also just that I knew how to read music, how to write my own charts, which I did. Um, and some of that was because I'm a singer or, like, I was coming across as a singer. And some of it was also because I'm female. Um, there's a lot of bias, I think, for or against women in music for like, you know, not knowing or, you know, when they do know things, it's surprising and they're sort of assumed that they're not going to know. And I've, I've been a recipient of that for a long time, you know, jazz, being a jazz vocalist, like it was sort of assumed that like I couldn't read music and that I was going to have to be taken care of on stage and for better or for worse, that stereotype exists. Um, And when I, was introduced to some of the musicians that I worked with. They were always very complimentary to me about, oh, like you have your chart and this is so impressive. And um, I I thought that, I just noted it because it it reminded me a little bit of the time when I was doing jazz more and I kind of heard that a little more often. But um, yeah, I think I've shocked a few people when I know like what compression is and I know how to side chain something. (laughs) Like, yes, I figured it out. Um, so, but it's been fun. It's been fun to sort of shock people, uh, and I have a lot to learn. So I'm uh, definitely nowhere near like impressive. But uh, I, I kind of got tickled when I did shock people in that way because I sort of I view myself as very, very much a novice. Um, so. <laughs> I think I think I think also when regarding your own work, as you were saying earlier, it's hard yeah. to kind of look, separate yourself from it. So you're always going to think you're not as good as you are. So mm-hmm. you'll probably always look at yourself as, you know, I mean, but that's a good way to live is 
think that you can always do better and do more because if yeah. you're perfect, then what's yeah. the point? Yeah, I mean, I I I like to err on the side of caution about my skills. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think humility is is usually where I go, and it can you know it can work both ways. You know, one of the reasons it's taken me a while to get this live show together that I want to put on is that I'm I I definitely, especially as an independent artist, and you know, I don't have a team behind me like propelling me forward. I mean. I've I've taken a little time to convince myself that it's worth doing it because right. it's really about me and I'm not that comfortable with <laughs> doing things that are just about me. Um, you know, yeah, I've got I've got people who want to hear me perform. You know, my my friends and family, uh, <laughs> maybe a few people I don't know, which would be a, lo- a lovely turnout. Um, but it there's definitely uh, some uncomfortable narcissism when it comes to going and, and, you know, releasing an EP or going and performing. And I guess, um, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable for me. And I have to just repress some of that a little and just go and do it because it's important to me too. And, and I'm, I know I can do it. So I've been working a little bit on my motivation and confidence. It's not been <laughs> easy, but um, I know that I'll feel really good about doing it and and i think i think other people might enjoy it so i'm gonna try <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've found in life that anything that terrifies you is absolutely worth doing and you should yes. lean into it because yes. i think those were the best experiences happen absolutely i agree completely with that and that's it's important you know i mean i i don't know how much i factor into the lives of the kids that I work with or not you know I'm I'm a teacher but I kind of feel like if you know this is it's important to me that if I'm working with kids and I respect these kids that they know that I'm the kind of person who can take a risk you know like I want them to know that you can do this you know I'm not I'm not an 18 year old kid who's got big dreams, you know, it's like I'm making a choice as an adult to pursue something that's really important to me and that you can do that at any time in your life. And it's, um, it can be really rewarding and a lot of fun. And it's been really cool to share that with them and to have them ask me questions and, um, you know, and they're, they're surprised, but they, I think they're really respectful and respect me for, for doing it. So it's kind of exciting to have that conversation every once in a while, but man, is it a lesson in like taking on your fears <laughs> directly, you know, just sure, of course. going for it. And the, and I like that they can see that I'm, I'm human, that I do that too. Um, I haven't really figured anything out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think <laughs> so work in a, progress too. <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. At least I know when I was a kid that you kind of had to know what you were doing by the time you had college to plan for the rest of your life. And Oh, yeah. I only fell into my own doing what I love and finding a, a day job that I love within the last year, less than, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I'm in my early 30s. So it's like yeah. this idea that you have, to know, have everything figured out by 25, it's, it's just a lie. It's not true anymore. Mm-hmm. It really, yeah, I mean, the, there's so many ways to kind of make your way through life. And I, I it's fun to share that whole process with them. I mean, we were just reading Emerson today who talks about 
living your life in a zigzag line, you know, because it's mm-hmm. better to be true to who you are and really follow the path wherever it takes you. It's okay if it's a zigzag line. Then just commit to the one thing because you feel like you should. And so I, I sort of I hope that I'm embodying some of those principles <laughs> when I when I pursue my interests. And yeah, you know, I I love teaching, so I'm not I don't feel at all like it's a sacrifice to to get to work with kids and talk about literature every day, and then also get the freedom to pursue a huge passion of mine. Um, and who knows what will become of it, but. I think I, I try to let it be fulfilling in the moment because otherwise it becomes this other sort of monster that I can't control. And and then I just, yeah, it makes, it's it's not, to put too much pressure on music for me, well, mm-hmm. I don't know yet if that's going to be productive. So it sure. is what it is right now. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's the most important part is that you're having fun. Um, I'm so uh, one of my last questions I want to ask is obviously we were connected by by the delightful Carly Ritter. I'm curious yeah. how you and Carly know each other. Oh yeah, so Carly, um, uh, there are a couple of answers to that question. Um, <laughs> the first one, most basically, is that we went to the same high school, oh, and cool. um, but more personally, she and my older sister are very good friends, and um, I've stayed connected to Carly through them, really, and their friendship, because it's been a while since we've been in high school. But sure. um, <laughs> So I've seen her throughout the years, and I've had a chance to always check in with her about her music and listened and loved her music. And um, when she heard that I was working on this project, she was so gracious and just you know would talk to me about it and give me advice and then she um yeah she she connected me with you which I'm very happy about and um (laughs) yeah we just had a lot of fun talking about music brainstorming ideas together and I'm seeing that she's going to be releasing some things pretty soon which I'm looking forward to um just she's just the sweetest um most humble person and is a real a real talent with music and just it's been really fun to watch her kind of come into her own with music too um and she's just a lovely family and I, I was kind of known their family for a while and um just a great person good good yeah. people all around I agree yeah I had the so I met Carly when she was in New York seeing her brother perform Jason who yeah. uh, went? To, who actually went to school with my wife Sarah? Okay. Um, my wife Sarah is an actress and uh, and a musician, and they went to school okay. together. And so when he was in town for the show, we went to see it, and we all went out after with with his sister and his mother. And that's when I got to really connect with Carly. And yeah, um, that you're you're absolutely right. They are a wonderful, delightful family and awesome yeah. people. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, they really you, are. They're great. Um, so before before I let you go, um, I wanted to ask it for all the listeners who are aspiring musicians or aspiring artists of any kind. Do you have one piece of advice you would offer above any that you wish someone could get could have given you when you started? I think, um, well, one, just go for it. But two, more specifically, <laughs> I think that you know it's really easy to kind of get isolated and kind of like buried in your own project. And sometimes what you really need is somebody else. Um, You need help or you need guidance or you just need a partner, even if it's just for some moral support, but I think more specifically like somebody to help you take it to the next level. And 
I couldn't have done this without my my friend and producer Ian Sloan. And you know, it. I think I first had to like confess to myself that I wanted to do it. <laughs> But then I just called him, and I had no idea what was going to happen. But I, I trusted him as a musician and as a friend. And then he really, you know, helped me bring this project into existence. So I think if you're at that place where, you you know, you've got ideas, you know, you want to write something, or you maybe written something and you want to produce it or turn it into an EP, it's finding somebody that you can trust to help you with that process. Because it's really – it's pretty daunting to do it all on your own. And I don't know if working on your own always brings the best work. I think sometimes it's the collaborative process that really brings unexpected and beautiful things to life. Um, so I guess, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like when you buy something from Ikea and the directions like are always like, first you need a friend uh, <laughs> to build something. And I always like sometimes resent that if I'm on my own, but uh there, there's something really wonderful about having a partner, especially if you've been working alone on something. If you have a bandmate, then maybe it's finding that next person to help produce or engineer or something. But, yeah, finding somebody to, to run the ideas by and who maybe will have an idea or could be that person to help you bring it to the next level. Um, I think that that's really important, and it kind of gets the ball going, you know. Like once you once you say it out loud to somebody, it becomes a little more real. So sure. um, that that was essential for me because I would have just been spinning my wheels, trying to like produce it myself, and it wouldn't have gotten where I wanted it to go. And I just felt like I needed direction. So it might seem really like simple advice, but it's kind of powerful. I think if you haven't done that yet, is get help. Get somebody else who knows better to to tell you what to do next. <laughs> I think that's I, I think that's very sage and perfect advice. And sometimes I know when I'm working on stuff, sometimes I need somebody to tell me the obvious for me to think of it. I don't always see it right in front of me. Yeah, so I think and that's just grabable. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure too when you're all on your own. And like I I just don't have all the answers. I know that, so I'm gonna <laughs> find out somebody who knows better. That's very it's very good to know when you don't know something and i think that 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 was a moment for me when i realized there's just no way i'm going to be able to solve this problem i need somebody else and and then finding the right person and sometimes it might take a few you have to screen a couple of people figure out who's going to be the best for your project but if you're ready to commit to it then then do it you know um it's pretty cool when you find somebody that you work well with and you know get going get just do it <laughs> there you go yeah. Um, well, Claire, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with, with me. This is yeah. a pleasure. And, uh, thank you so much. Um, is there anything you want to direct people towards and promote? Obviously, the, the album is called Creature, uh, the EP, rather, and mm-hmm. uh, they can find it on Amazon and iTunes. Is that correct? Yeah, it's on iTunes, Amazon, it's on Spotify. And then mm-hmm. I have a SoundCloud page, and I'll be releasing um, – some of the songs are released already there. I'm going to be releasing a few more in the next – probably a few weeks. I've kind of been sprinkling them onto the internet. But um, yeah, the whole thing is on Spotify and on the various vendors online. I have a band camp, all that good stuff. There's a website, you know, awesome. just my name. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm sure with a little detective work, you can find a lot. Um, Great. Well, so. we'll be sure to link them to the album so yeah. we can pick it up. And uh, again, thank you for taking the time. If you ever find thank yourself you in New York, uh, definitely let us know. I'd love awesome. to connect with you in person as well. Maybe do a follow-up interview. Yeah, great. Thank you. All right, Claire, you take care of yourself. 
Okay, great. You too. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.